Well, Matthew chapter 6 then, I'm going to start reading in verse 5, just so you get a little bit of the context of it in prayer, all the way through verse 15. Hear the word of God. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord is forever, and so among us. One of the greatest privileges of following Christ is prayer that we have access uh, to God, that we have access to speak with the supreme divine being at all times, the one who is transcendent in every way and all of the time, and yet who also hears, who listens, who is delighted to hear us coming to him be allowed freely to speak with our creator, the, the creator of everyone and everything, is a privilege that is incomparable. Think about things right now with social distancing, how many people that you would love to be able to be uh, in the room with, or maybe not even just in the room, but able to, to give a handshake or a hug and, and be close to. And here we constantly have access to the Father, access to God, to speak to him, an audience with the King of Kings. It's an incredible privilege, and Jesus uh, reminds us here that it's, that it's also a simple, simple uh, spiritual activity, that prayer is an incredible privilege, but it's a simple one. It's simply uh, speaking to God. It's not complicated, it's not complex that we can make it that way sometimes. It's not in prayer that we have to say only the right words in just the right way, just the right time, not too long and not too short in, in order to be heard. It's not, um, it's not magic. It's not like Harry Potter trying to, to learn new spell and he's got to pronounce it just the right way. Uh, it's not you got to say the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo and, and then it'll, it'll work. We don't have to have that worry of did it take Right? Is, is it working? It's simple. Our children can pray as well as adults. Uh, prayer is simply speaking to God. It's talking to him. And we get caught up when we think about uh, it being, if we're doing it the right way. Uh, when, we, when we start letting that mindset in of, of whether we're impressive or not. Right, that was the problem with the Pharisees. They were so concerned about being impressive that it was even not even to the one they were talking to, but praying to be impressive before others. 
missing, missing the boat altogether. Then Jesus says it's something similar when the Gentiles uh, heap up many phrases, and that's why they think they'll be heard. What's he saying? That we can approach prayer in such a way where we're trying to impress God. That we've said enough things in the right enough way that now, now maybe God will listen. And Jesus says to his followers, no, you're approaching God through me because of what I've done. And he hears you. He listens to you. So simply uh, speak to him uh, knowing that he hears. Jesus invites us to a very simple pattern, doesn't he? That's why sometimes we can recite it uh, together or you can memorize it. It's, it's a prayer that's only about 50 words, just a few more than that. I imagine the disciples, if they were gathered with Jesus and they're asking, Lord, teach us to pray. And he says, well, pray like this. And he goes and he prays. And at the end, that amen and kind of look up and you're like, we're done already? <laughs> that was it? <laughs> I, I thought this was going to last. And it's such a simple thing uh, that Jesus calls us into here. It's a great pattern that he shows us. He, Jesus invites us now and always, pray then like this. The way that he shows uh, his disciples. So the question we want to ask as we go to, through this passage is simply, how can we pray more like this? How can we pray more like Jesus teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount and the Lord's Prayer I hear? And listen, there are lots of different prayers uh, in Scripture, some very short, one sentence, a couple words, uh, some that are very long. It's not that we have to use exactly these words where only these words are pray exactly. There's a whole a book of prayers, right? We call it the Psalms, uh, that, that are like this prayer, that, preach, that, that speak with the same uh, simplicity toward, toward God, looking to his kingdom. So we'll look at three sides as we go through uh, this passage. A lot of times you'll divide the Lord's Prayer into the preface and the, and the petitions, the request. We'll look at the preface, the first three petitions, and then the second three petitions. Or if you're looking for an outline, it's that our Father, our priorities, and then thirdly, our dependence. Uh, but each shows the distinctive, incredible privilege of kingdom of prayer, the simple privilege of speaking to God and being heard by him. So first of all, we see our Father in kingdom prayer. Profound, simple beginning uh, in the preface, if you will. And so we hear the first answer to how can we pray more like this, as Jesus says, how can we pray more like this? It's by remembering who we're praying to. Uh, by remembering who we're praying to and what relationship we get to have with him. As Jesus puts it, our Father in heaven. It's not some far-off being and, and we're trying to hopefully catch his attention for a moment. It's our Father. It's not unknown, not unknowable, not a made-up idea. He's not, not unconcerned or uncaring. Father, Jesus teaches us to pray. Right? One of the most significant relationships in life is that of a father. And we have to admit that can be difficult. Uh, some dads are amazing, and some dads are lousy. Uh, some dads weren't there. Uh, and most of us are a mixed bag. 
But regardless, the impact of a father goes deep in the ways that it shapes uh, who you are and, and what you go on uh, to do. The impact is deep, and the, and the craving, regardless of your experience of your particular earthly father, the craving uh, that we have for a father who sees us, knows us, cares, and values us, goes to the core of our heart. And Jesus teaches his followers, here's the one that we can always come to, who always sees and knows and listens and loves us, ready to hear uh, in Christ. It's our Father that we pray to. And as soon as Jesus calls us to pray to Father, we also see that immediately he brings us out of an individualistic perspective. Right? Certainly it is a personal relationship that we have before God, but we're not simply praying, my Father, about, about my needs. Right? Yes, please bring uh, your needs to our God uh, together, our Father uh, together. But, but as we pray, our, our Father, it means there are other brothers and sisters that are all uh, connected as the community of the church uh, together. And we join our voices together and come in before the one who hears all and does what is best. You see, remembering who we're praying to and the relationship that we have to, the, to him and so also to one another, shapes the way that we pray. It's helpful, isn't it, in the middle of a, of a pandemic to know that it's not just you and your house that's dealing with this, uh, that your neighbors are as well, that our whole community is, that our whole nation is, that all around the world uh, we're, we're, we're dealing with this virus. And it's, it's helpful to find uh, tweets and Facebook posts that other people are in it too uh, with you. The connections almost matter more uh, when it's hard. And it's always true of kingdom prayer, that it is our, it is the community of Christ together coming before our Father. And not only is there a connection to the whole uh, community of believers, but especially that connection is to Jesus, is through uh, Jesus Right, God is our Father specifically because He is Christ, a Father, because Christ draws us into that relationship and teaches us how to call Him Father. He's our Father because He's Jesus' Father, because God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. And the Son was lifted up on the cross, bearing our sins we might be adopted into his family, that we might be reconciled to God and so have this privilege. Jesus invites us to share in the perfect relationship that he has with his father and calling him our father. Makes us want to pray. Maybe you knew this uh, privilege a little bit. If you grew up uh, with a close friend that you spent as much time in, in their house as you did in your own, maybe you have a little bit of the sense of this privilege that you kind of almost become part of their family as well. Uh, you're welcome to their table, to their time, to their resources, and you have a relationship of another, a father figure who cares for you as well. And how much more when Jesus brings us into the intimate relationship that he has with God the Father Almighty, that we're known and loved by him. Well, 
the longer I've gotten to, to be a father, uh, the more profound the opening of this passage uh, is to me, that God could think of us like this. I, right, I love my kids, Daphne, Alice, and Thomas. They're, they're at home. Thomas has probably been waiting for me to, to, to make that connection there. But I love my kids. It's not, I don't, I think of my kids all the time. I don't know how to think of life without my kids and my family uh, involved uh, in it. I'm so proud of them. I'm so concerned for them all the time. And I just, the, the love that I have for my kids just is. It's not something I have to pick up or, or put on. I have to learn to do it well, to express it, to live it out well. But that love just is there because they're my children. And to think that God could think of us, care for us more than that, with his love for us as his children, makes us long to come to him, doesn't it? Doesn't it motivate us to pray and to be heard, to bring our petitions, our requests, to open our hearts before him? We pray our Father in kingdom prayer. And secondly, Jesus teaches us uh, to pray uh, with these with certain priorities. So we come secondly to our priorities in kingdom uh, prayer. And these first three uh, petitions, the let your name uh, be sacred, be held as holy. Let your kingdom come, let your will uh, be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the second answer to how we can pray uh, more like this, more like Jesus teaches us, is to pray by remembering what's most important, having our priorities in line. Pray remembering what's most important. And then it isn't me. It isn't simply ourselves as we come and speak. Uh, and our hearts are lifted up and encouraged as we learn that and become aligned with his priorities. There's a way that praying brings out our priorities uh, for us, doesn't it? When you notice what things you pray for and what you don't, don't bother with, uh, when, you, when do you stop to pray? What things uh, matter, right? It brings out those priorities. And, and most of the time we stop to pray because of something about me, <laughs> Right, because something's happening to me, something's concerning me, uh, or I'm not sure how it's going to go for me. Good old priority number one, right? Uh, but we can, if we start to have that attitude, we begin to look at God as more of a, of a genie in the bottle, right? Uh, that, that his role is to make my life a little bit better, and, and my role is to remember to ask him to do so, ask him to grant uh, my wishes, and listen, your father may be many things, but he's, he's not your servant. Uh, and if we're only talking to him simply to get things from him, to, to use him, we've got a messed up relationship. Uh, we have access to so much more uh, than that. See, Jesus teaches us, to, his followers, to pray in a way that aligns our priority. And so we always want to remember that, that God is most important. That's obvious. Something that you certainly expect for the preacher to say if he's preaching on these things. Uh, but how quickly do we forget it? And how often uh, do we ignore that? Even when that's what's best for us to remember as well. 
It's not just the order of what we pray, but the priority uh, that's important in it, right? Sometimes you're going to mention personal needs first, and that's okay. Uh, by all means, please don't take the view that you always have to start uh, with great, great uh, petitions of praise and then come to thanksgiving, and then finally you can get into uh, the, the things that you really wanted to talk about, right? Uh, that's what Jesus is talking about with the Gentile pagans, heaping up many words so that they can be heard. God will hear me if I address him all these ways right. No, uh, but what, what should we be most concerned with in life and so in prayer? And as we speak to our Father, how does that reshape our priorities to align them uh, with Him? He calls us to pray in these three uh, petitions. We're praying for, for His name, uh, for His kingdom, uh, for His uh, will to be done. Right, name, I think of that in terms of uh, very much God's reputation, uh, how he is seen in the world, uh, who he is, how he's known of. Uh, so often we're mainly concerned with our reputation. Uh, but how much more should we be concerned with, with God's name? It's reputation, maybe oh, some of the ways that will be talked about today is, is in terms of branding. <laughs> All right, how much attention goes into to branding, the impression uh, that's given to others. What impression do we want everyone to have of God? So that's what matters most. Do we see what he's doing in the world? Do we call others uh, to see a God who is not merely in the heavens, but has also come to earth and taken on our suffering, draws and invites us to himself, and makes promises to us that endure and are amazing that we never could deserve? He's taking it on to draw us to him. We pray for his name, uh, for his kingdom, right? We, we tend to be concerned with our agenda, our plan, uh, the things that we want to see happen, and we, and we pray in order to get God on board with that, right? Uh, please, God, here's how I want my kingdom to come. Here's the successes that I want to see. Here's the opportunities that I want to work out. Here's the finances that I want to increase, the relationships that I want to improve. Uh, so God, please make that happen for my kingdom uh, to come. And thankfully, uh, God's kingdom is so much better than anything that I would achieve. Uh, and Jesus turns our, our attention to focus on what God is bringing about that we find our place as we fit within his rule, what he is doing and bringing salvation and making known his glory and his grace, right? His kingdom, his rule, his agenda is exactly what we need, is exactly what the world and his brokenness coming. When his kingdom comes, that God's dwelling place will be with us and he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and death will be no more. And neither will there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. He says, behold, I am making all things new. That's what we need to long for and pray for in his kingdom coming. Listen, we want to pray for the virus to, to end. That certainly uh, fits with God's kingdom, what we're longing for, but how he would be glorified in that. But we're not praying simply that things would go back to normal. That's far too low. We're praying for his kingdom to come and that God would use even these events to move us closer to that day and to long for it more. 
to pray, God, your name, your kingdom, and your will. Don't we so often just think of prayer as a chance to tell God uh, our will, what we want. Aren't we so thankful, though, that Christ not only prayed, uh, but lived this prayer. The night before his crucifixion in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And so he was handed over to be crucified. He drank the cup of God's wrath and endured uh, the cross and unbearable pain and death in order to do God's will, which was to accomplish the salvation of sinners like us, that we might have a place uh, with him. His will accomplishes the the salvation of moral and spiritual uh, failure so that we can have hope and forgiveness and a future. You know, sometimes I imagine, what if, what, if there, what if everything just went exactly how I wanted? What if there was a day where, where all my desires were fulfilled? And how much better uh, to imagine the day uh, when all of God's will is done, as it is on heaven, so also here. That's what we want to long for. His longings for the world are much better than mine, and he will bring it about. Right? We often pray for, for our reputation, for our agenda, for our desires, but it's so freeing to learn a kingdom priorities. We get to be drawn into what matters most. I'm always so amazed when I see uh, the volunteers that are part of political campaigns Uh, and how much they pour themselves out tirelessly, whether it's phone calls or putting in mailings or sometimes, not right now, going door to door, you know, and and all these things, uh, and and volunteering. And why would they do that? Because they want to be part of something that matters. They're drawn into that. As Christ's followers, we get to be part of what matters most in everything, in God's kingdom and rule. Right? It's great when, you're, when your dad takes an interest in you and comes along to, to what you're doing, maybe helps out or, or joins in, uh, but doesn't it mean even more when your dad brings you into what he's doing? He says, come on, son, come on uh, with me. Let's go into these things. Try this uh, for a minute. See, through prayer, God brings us into his mission, spreading the glory of his grace across the world. He gives us that opportunity. So we pray our Father as we pray according to his uh, priorities. And then thirdly, Jesus teaches us to pray about our dependence on God, our dependence in kingdom prayer. It's the last uh, three petitions. He mentions our daily bread, our debts, uh, and our deliverance. So if we've seen how can we pray more like this, that it's by remembering who we're speaking to and the relationship that we have, uh, that we pray more like this by remembering what matters most. And it's not uh, just me. We are still called to bring our needs to God. And Jesus shapes how we do that. And we learn that we can pray more like this by remembering how much we need. And that we can't handle it ourselves. That we're not able uh, to do it all. That dependence, dependence on God is part of the very nature of prayer, isn't it? 
uh, an expression of, de of dependence on God, that we need Him, that we're reaching out to Him because we can't uh, on our own. And that's a good thing. It's an accurate thing uh, because He's God and we're not. And it's also how God's made us as His creatures. I think it's not only just part of the nature of prayer, it's, it's part of, of being human. Uh, I think there's a universal human inclination uh, to speak to someone beyond us, whether we think he can hear us or not. I think even for the atheist and for the agnostic, I think for all of humanity, there's a desire to speak at, sometimes that's the desire, things go well in your life, and there's this, this desire of thanksgiving. How do we celebrate that? How do we, how do we show thanks for it? Other, other times it's not thanks at all. It's when things have gone very difficult. And don't we still have that desire to complain? Someone to speak to that they would hear and know our suffering. Sometimes people take those things and that's part of why they don't want to talk to God. If he would allow these things, then I, I have no interest. But that there's one that we can speak to who hears, who has entered the suffering and has in history, change what the outcome gets to be through coming to his son. He hears, he answers, he calls us in that, in, into a dependence. Instead of trying to get away from a dependence on God, what Jesus is teaching us here in these last three petitions is that we get to joyfully delight that we have a father who is able to provide for us, who cares to do so. Be difficult for us sometimes. Maybe it's not the way that we often pray. I have a, have a friend who said it uh, this way. He said, statistically, I don't know how you measure these statistics, but statistically, 90% of our prayers are so that we can need God less. I heard him say that. I was like, what? Then I was like, oh, <laughs> right? Uh, Lord, Lord, please give me these things that I need. Please help my finances go well, my relationships go well. Uh, please help me in these things so that I'm stable and secure and that I don't really need you. <laughs> Please get me to the point where I don't have to feel this dependence uh, anymore. Isn't that how too often we pray? That's not what Jesus teaches us to do here. As we bring our needs before God, it's so amazing the way Jesus states these things. How open it is about our full dependence on God. What strikes me about the last three requests is, is both how much it covers, how broad it is, and at the same time, how restrained it is uh, in, in what he says, right? It's not extravagance that he prays for, but, but daily bread. Uh, even when it comes to forgiveness, which is full and beyond our comprehension, that God would remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. But here, as he teaches us to pray this and pray not like the Pharisees, we're to pray it as we would forgive others their debts to us. There's this restrainness to it. And when it comes to temptation or evil, doesn't even just pray, Lord, make me strong enough to handle everything. Let me make my own way through it. But don't lead me into it. But you have to be the one that rescues. Right? He speaks of our daily bread. We could call this just briefly on these three. The, our, it's our need for survival. It's our very most uh, basic needs. Give us today the bread that we need uh, for today, the, what we need uh, to live on, to survive. You can add into that, Lord, give us the breath uh, that we need to keep on living. Because 
every single thing depends upon God. We depend on him in it. We're not to be aiming for, for future years all stored up. That's not how Jesus teaches to pray. It's more restrained than that. It's not even to be able to pray to be able to get a good two week supply at the grocery store so that we don't have to go back again after that, right? But we're to see that constantly in every moment we remain in dependence on him. All of us in that communal sense, not to take it for granted, but our needs are on him. He speaks of our debts. Forgive us our debts as we would forgive our debtors. He speaks of, of renewal, our need for renewal in him, spiritual needs, relationship with God. And I'll admit for years growing up in the church, uh, we would you know, recite the Lord's Prayer. And, and part of the time, I just wouldn't say this part. And then, then I would just say in my head, forgive us our, our debts, but help us to forgive others as well as you forgive us, right? Uh, what's Jesus calling us to in this? That we wouldn't be hypocrites. That we would be dependent upon him, even in what we ask for, even in how we live. You can look more at the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18. Uh, not to be forgiven and then go out and, and demand from others. Um, the way even the Westminster Shorter Catechism would talk about this is that we would be seeing that God enables us to forgive others. We're even that much more motivated that he is able and willing to forgive us. Well, how could we compare what others have done against us? And we do, we want to hold on to that sometimes. Uh, but when we consider what others done, have done against us and what we have done against God, but that he freely offers forgiveness, uh, doesn't it make us want to come to that and be willing to extend uh, his kingdom and how we relate to one another? So he won't leave us simply in speaking the words, but it has to be genuine and, and real, authentic, and lived out in our life. And so we're enabled to know more the fullness of his forgiveness to us in Christ. Well, finally, our, our deliverance, this directional needs, progressive uh, needs. I love how much that's different from how the Pharisees might pray how much what we would often want for ourselves, uh, Not that we would be strong in ourselves, but to admit, God, don't lead me into temptation because I won't be able to handle it. Oh, Lord, I'm weak. My inclinations are the wrong way, so lead me out of it. And when evil comes, God, I need you to be the one who rescues me from it. You see, our greatest uh, need as we bring our needs before God our greatest need is to recognize that our, our need for dependence on him, our need to come to him continually over and over again because we have a father who sees us and knows us and provides for us, who has accepted us and assured us promises in his son that endure forever. So where should all this understanding of kingdom prayer lead us to? Very simply, to pray. To pray because we have a God uh, who hears. Let us run to our Father needing Him, trusting Him, speaking to Him, and learning from Him. To pray more like this, like Jesus teaches us to, with that freedom and opportunity to come to God. It's fun when you get to see a, a young baby learning to talk. They, they want to interact with you, and it starts with just, just kind of babbling, you know, speaking at you. 
Uh, but then those words start to come. And what are always some of those, some of those, one of those first words uh, for the child? Daddy. Dada. And how much delight uh, to the parents and certainly to the father to hear words uh, from your child uh, speaking to you. Uh, and that God would look on us, have that desire for us to speak to him. If the child gets older, there may be things that he needs to learn about how not to speak to his father, uh, what some of that looks like. And Jesus teaches us in relation to that. But it always is one that draws us in to our father in Christ, uh, that he hears and answers our prayers.